2: Call in at 303-690-3000.
0: Let's join Calvary Live
2: right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here with you today to take your calls and texts live on the air. Today is March 12th. It is Friday, and it is the day right before our big snow Snow Snowmageddon is coming. At least that's what they're predicting And so I hope that you are all prepared for this weekend and and you're going to be staying warm and staying safe. Um, But again, my name is Pastor Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado, where I'm broadcasting from today. And I'm here with you to take your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where every day you can tune in for an hour and have a, a direct line to pastors and ministry leaders who are here to answer your questions and to pray for your prayer requests. So if you have a question about the Bible, If you have something maybe you've been reading in the scriptures that you've always wondered about or you've been unsure about lately, or maybe there's something going on in your life where you would like to know what the Bible has to say about it, what a biblical perspective on that topic might be, give me a call. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to hopefully answer your question and bring some clarity where there has been confusion or cloudiness, and I'd love to pray for your prayer requests. If you have something to pray about, give us a call. Let us pray for you. There are a lot of people tuning in and listening who would be able to say yes and amen along with our prayer. And speaking of your question, those uh, your question might be the same question that somebody else has had, but maybe they're too shy to ask. And so maybe you're the one who needs to call in with that question. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, that text line is 720-336-0897. We want to welcome those of you who are tuning in today, wherever you're tuning in from. First of all, welcome to those of you here in Colorado and up into southern Wyoming who tune in on Grace FM. We're so glad to have you with us today. You're hearing the show live. We also want to welcome those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to the program. And we also want to welcome those on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. So glad to have you with us and so glad to see how God is growing this family of stations that are tuning in for Calvary Live all over the country, but we also have listeners tuning in all over the world. We have those who listen online and uh, every week, you know, we, we take a look and we're just amazed to see how many people are tuning in um, in different countries, different places around the world, as well as different places in the United States outside of our broadcast range. So we are so glad that you're tuning in if you're tuning in online as well. If you don't yet have our mobile app or you don't uh, ever listen on our website, I'd like to invite you to do that. Uh, Grace FM has a great mobile app where you can listen to this show as well as all of the other programs live. Anytime uh, you can tune in and, and do that on your phone, on your tablet, even on your Alexa device and things like that. So the way to get the app is just go in your, your phone, your, your tablet, and go in the App Store or Google Play Store and type in Grace FM, just as one word, no spaces, Grace FM. And it should come up right away. And that is a free app that you can download. You can listen anywhere in the world. I just see a map right now of listeners currently listening. We have one listener in Europe. We have a lot of listeners in the United States, all along the West Coast, up into the Northwest and the Southwest. We have listeners in the Midwest and along the Rockies. Uh, looks like listeners on the East Coast as well. So welcome to those of you who are tuning in online. You're hearing us live as well. Just a reminder, though, for those of you tuning in on Hope FM and Truth FM, that you are actually hearing the show on a one-week delay. And what that does is it gives you guys actually a unique opportunity where you can call in with your questions and, and your prayer requests. We definitely want you to still be part of the show, even if you're hearing it on a delay. But it does give you a unique opportunity where you can Then after you've called in, you can tell a friend to tune in a week later. You're going to be on the radio at this particular time and they can tune in and they can hear the answer to the question that you asked. Maybe that's a way that they can get introduced to the radio station in your local area that's broadcasting uh, sermons from local churches and they can get plugged in and God might work in their life through that. We hear great reports all the time of how God uses uh, this ministry in people's lives to Build them up to help them grow in the knowledge of him to to, you know, help them grow so they can be used by him as well as to bring people to faith even for the first time in their life. And so it's really exciting ministry and we we encourage you uh, to be part of it and to um, share it with others so you can be part of it by supporting your local station financially and you can be part of it by sharing the news about it with others and calling in and, and we want this to be an interactive thing that we get to be part of together. So just a few words about myself. Again, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Uh, we are a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this great city just up the road from Boulder, Colorado. And uh, I've been here now coming up on nine years. Okay? Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe. Uh, it's been a great time here in Longmont. Uh, love what God has done through the church in the time that I've been here. And prior to that, I was a missionary in Hungary for ten years. And we planted two churches. My wife and I, we met out there. And then we planted two churches, had some kids, and then came back to Colorado where I, I grew up, where I'm from. And I became the pastor of this church, which at the time uh, was already in existence. It was a church plant. And I, I took over as a lead pastor. And God's done some great things since that time. So it's been really great. And if you'd like to join us for worship, I'd like to invite you to come out and worship with us any Sunday. We have three services every Sunday. Uh, in our building, we moved into our building a year ago. I, I always want to say it's a new building, but it's almost a year now that we've moved into this building, and that's been such a blessing. You know, you think it would be a bad time to move into a new building during COVID, but the circumstances of how it all took place were just really, really great, and we're just so thankful for God's grace and faithfulness to us during this time. So we'd love for you to come see our new-ish building and to worship with us here in this place. Uh, our service times are 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. And we have both in-person and online services. So our, those are all in-person services, 8, 9.30, and 11 here at our building. Our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue. It's 2950 Colorful Avenue, Longmont, Colorado, 80504, which is basically where, where we're located is in between the um, the city center of Longmont and I-25. So we're just like directly in between the city center of Longmont and I-25. We're in the city of Longmont, but we're closer to I-25, which makes us really accessible. For those of you who maybe live near Longmont, but not in Longmont, maybe you live in Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Mead. If you live in Berthoud or Lafayette, Erie, if you live even in Boulder, we're right on Highway 119, the highway from Boulder. Or if you live in Lyons, we even have families who come down from Pinewood and Estes Park. And so we'd love to have you come and worship with us. either in person or if you're not able to join us in person, you can always worship with us online at 9.30 and 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. And you can find all the info that you need for directions and how to watch us online on our website at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also hear me on Grace FM every weekday twice. So I'm on uh, 9.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. every weekday on Grace FM, and also Sundays at 1 p.m. So Sundays at 1 p.m. And then, of course, every Friday, I'm your host here on Calvary Live. Yeah, so check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. You can check out our podcast. That's something we've been spending a lot of time working on, dialing in lately. We'd love it if you'd go and uh, check out our podcast if you like. Good podcast to subscribe to. We post twice a week. One is a sermon from Sunday, and the other post is a discussion on an issue related to theology or the Bible or culture and life and and how it all ties together with the text that we studied on Sunday. So you can check us out in your podcast app just by um, searching Whitefields Community Church. And just remember that Whitefields is two words. All right, well, let's go to our first caller, Judah, in Brighton, Colorado.
0: Uh, Hi, hi, Judah, uh, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Pastor. My wife and I are really looking forward to coming up to Longmont and visiting you at your church.
2: Oh, we'd love Um, to have you.
0: I had a question for you today and a prayer request as well. Um, It's my understanding in Scripture that, um, given that we're not necessarily under the law as believers, that circumcision is no longer mandatory for believers. Is that correct?
2: Yes, I would say that is absolutely correct.
0: And do you know of any um, where I can, you know, the address for that? And I can go uh, do some reading on that.
2: Yeah, there, there's a, quite a lot of it in the New Testament. Uh, so let me just give you a couple places to look that up. There's almost so much that I want to make sure I give you something, something like really relevant, uh, because there are a lot of passages that talk about it. And um, so here here we go. Let's say this. So circumcision was an outward sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham, right? And there's something to be done that was an outward sign. And Jews throughout the centuries, this is something that they bear on their bodies as an outward reminder of the covenant that God made with Abraham. Now, in the New Testament, though, the the question became, okay, what if you're not Jewish and you want to be a Christian? Um, What do you need to do? Like, do you need to become Jewish, which would include circumcision, and the conclusion that they came to, and you can read about this particularly in Acts chapter 15, so I'd tell you to start there, Acts chapter 15, and the the point is that they said, okay, circumcision is not a requirement because the only thing that is required in order for a person to be saved and to follow Jesus is to trust in Jesus by faith, right? It's to receive the grace of God by faith, which means to trust in, rely on, cling to Jesus Christ and what he accomplished on the cross. Uh, here are a few other passages that I'll give you. If you got a pen, I would encourage you to jot them down real quick. Um, Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Um, Galatians 5, 1 through 11. And 1 Corinthians seven, seventeen through 20. Colossians 2, 8 through 12. And Philippians 3, 1 through 3. But here's something you'll notice if you read through the New Testament, especially from the book of Acts on, is that you're going to see that this is a a topic that came up a lot in the early church. And so there might not just be, you know, an entire section devoted to it, but there might be a couple verses which allude to it. And let me see here, I have a sermon that I taught a few years ago on the topic of circumcision called Circumcision of the Heart. And I could recommend that to you as well. So if you go to our our webpage, whitefieldschurch.com, and then just search the words in the search bar, search circumcision of the heart. That'll lead you to a sermon that I taught on this topic a while back. So that might also be helpful.
0: Thank you very much for that. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, So the second part, I guess, is um, I wanted to ask for you to pray for my wife and I. Uh, we, have, she, we have an unborn son uh, due in July. And uh, so we've, we've got all that going on. But then with COVID as well, the nurses want her to get the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. And so I was hoping that we could pray for God to help us discuss that uh, with respect to each other's thoughts and feelings about it and to give us the wisdom to make the choice that he would have us make.
2: Yeah, let's do that right now. So, Heavenly Father, I pray for Judah and for his wife. Lord, thank you for this this gift that you've given them of a child. How exciting, and just what a what a blessed time in their life this must be. Lord, we pray that you would give them a lot of grace as they speak to each other. Lord, I pray that they would really hear each other and listen to each other's concerns. But, Lord, most of all, I pray that their discussion would be blessed and guided by you Lord, that you would give them clarity as to what it is that they should do what it is that is um, approved by or blessed by you and what it is that you want them to do and i pray that they would be able to be in unity about this decision and we pray that in jesus name amen
0: thank you so much pastor nick
2: you bet god bless you judah thanks for calling in
0: yeah absolutely look forward to seeing you uh up at whitefield
2: likewise God bless you. Bye-bye. Bless you. Bye. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Before we go to our next caller, I did want to uh, address something, and that is I mentioned at the beginning of the show that the, the projections right now are for a lot of snow, and especially here where I'm at in northern Colorado, like Longmont, Boulder, Fort Collins area, we're expected to get somewhere around two feet, maybe even three feet. Aurora, Denver is looking at at least a foot. And so a lot of churches right now are trying to decide what to do and kind of waiting to see because in in Colorado, you know, our weather is super hard to predict. And so uh, we know that there have been times before where they've said there's going to be a really big storm and it's turned into a dud. And there are other times where it's it's turned out to be more than they said it would be. And so what we're doing as a church, just so you guys know who might be interested, um, what we're doing as a church is that Saturday, tomorrow, at noon, we're having a special service where we are going to just open up the church, and whoever wants to come is welcome to sit in and and partake in the service. It'll be a full service, worship, communion, uh, teaching, everything. And then at the end of, or sorry, during that service, we're going to be recording it so that... If there ends up being so much snow that we can't even get out of our neighborhoods, like even the staff and volunteers who are needed to open the church and and do the service on Sunday, that we'll be able to broadcast the service that we recorded on Saturday on Sunday morning. But for now, our plan is to keep the church open and to do in-person and online services live. But if that's not possible, then we will be broadcasting. But we're definitely having a service. Uh, tomorrow at noon. For anybody out there who says, I'd love to go to church on Saturday at noon, uh, we would love to have you wherever you're from. Uh, check us out again for directions and all that, whitefieldschurch.com, or you can Google us or whatever you need to do. And the other, the other thing to know is that um, we usually have an 8 a.m. service, and that will be canceled this week because of the snow. So let's go to our next caller, Devin in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Devin. Welcome to the program.
3: Hey, how you doing, Pastor?
2: Doing great. What's up?
3: Um, so I had two things. Uh, one was just a question, and then I had a prayer request. Sure. Um, so my question was, uh, I was just curious. I was just talking to my my brother at work about what I would need to do to be saved or what anybody would need to do to be saved. Because, you know, times are just crazy right now. And, I mean, it's obvious things are going south really quick in the world. Mm -hmm. So I was just curious on what you would have, you know, to give me more information on what I need to do to continue to go on the right path.
2: Yeah. So here's the good news about being saved is that what makes Christianity unique is that the message of Christianity is that no matter how hard you might try, no matter how good you might be, you cannot save yourself. That's why we say that we are saved, right? So it's, It's not something we do. We don't save ourselves, but we are saved. And that means that we need a savior. And that's who Jesus is. Jesus came and he lived the life that we should have lived, a life of perfect obedience to God, the life that we should have lived but failed to. And therefore, we have fallen short of God's glory and we are fully deserving of God's judgment. And so Jesus came. He lived the life that we should have lived, a life of perfect obedience to God in our place, in order to, I guess you could say, rack up a perfect righteousness. And then here's what he does through his grace, is that he offers us his record, his righteousness, as a gift to anyone who will receive it by faith in what he did. So not only did he give us perfect righteousness, but he died on the cross for our sins. And what that means is that on the cross, it wasn't just that Jesus died physically, but God placed all of the judgment... That we deserved for the the wrong things that we've done, the ways that we've fallen short, placed it upon Him, and He was smitten by God for our transgressions, and we can then receive His righteousness as a gift, and the way we receive that is by faith, and that's really important. This is one of the uh, key things that the Bible teaches that not only can we not save ourselves, but the the way that we get saved, right? What we contribute to our salvation. The only thing we contribute is our sinfulness, right? The, the thing that, uh, saves us is what Jesus did for us, not what we do for ourselves. And I I could give you a good example of this from the Bible in a, in a story that you might be familiar with. And it comes from the story of David and Goliath. You know, I think sometimes when people talk about David and Goliath, they they focus the story on the fact that David overcame a giant problem. But if you look at it, actually, the Bible uses this story elsewhere to tell us uh, what I would say is a much more important lesson. And that is, it's a picture of what Jesus did for us. So here, here's the story. David and Goliath, right? What you have is there's these two armies, the army of Israel and the army of the Philistines and they're fighting against one, each, one another, and they say, hey, instead of you know, all this bloodshed and people getting injured, they're going to do what was commonly done in the ancient world, which is something called representative warfare, which means we'll send our best guy, and you send your best guy, and whoever wins, their side will get the victory, and they will get the spoils of the victory. And we, this is kind of like in the Olympics, right? We say that the soccer team of Brazil beat the soccer team of Germany. Now, it's not that the entire country of Brazil played a soccer match against the entire country of Germany, but we still say at the end of the day, Brazil beat Germany because their representatives beat the other representatives. So in the same way, Jesus is our champion. He's like David fighting Goliath, and David goes, he defeats Goliath, And all the guys who are just standing on the sidelines, shaking in their boots, unable to stand toe to toe with Goliath, they are now victors because of what David did, not because of anything that they did. That's what it means Mm -hmm. to be a Christian, is that we align ourselves with Jesus. He took on the true enemies of sin, Satan, and death, defeated them decisively on the cross and through his resurrection. And because we're aligned with him, because we're on his side, his victory becomes our victory even though we didn't do anything to earn it. So, uh, yeah, does that answer your question?
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, with faith though, like I mean, it sounds like it's easy, but I know it's just I mean, I feel like I mean, I believe in God and Jesus, but I mean, I know it's it's more than just faith, right?
2: Well, literally for one of the, here here's one of the ways that the reformers put it in the um, in the 1500s. They, they boiled down Christianity to five sayings, which they called the five solas. And the solas, the word sola is Latin for only. And here's what they are. They said it is only by grace that we are saved. It is only by faith that we receive this grace. It is only through Christ that we can be saved and it is only through the scriptures that we can know the will of God and it is all for the glory of God alone and so that only by faith is really key but here's the thing that the Bible makes clear to us in uh, the book of James it says this that hey anybody can say that they have faith right like I could just go and ask anybody hey do you have faith in God and they could say yep I do well how do you know if you really have faith or if you just are deceiving yourself and the answer is, it'll be shown in your works. Now, it's a really important distinction, though, that we're not saved by those works, right? We are not contributing to our salvation through those works. We're not jumping through hoops in order to tick boxes in order to make sure that we have done enough to earn salvation or merit it. Rather, our works reveal the fact that we have genuine faith. So if somebody sure. says they have faith, but they don't have works to back it up, we should really question, and particularly that person should question, whether or not they really do have faith.
0: Okay.
3: And you said works? Like, yeah. Uh,
2: what I mean by works okay. is I mean good works, right? Like good, good deeds.
3: Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense.
2: Cool. And and you said you had a prayer request?
3: Uh yes, I just uh just wanted to do a prayer for everyone here in Colorado, um just for their families and their loved ones cuz I mean, I have a feeling it's going to be pretty bad this weekend and mm. I just want God to look over all of us and you know, protect everybody.
2: Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we uh thank you for the moisture that's come into our state that so it depends on on this um, this moisture this time of year. But Lord, at the same time, we're we're worried about the families. We're worried about those who live in RVs and live in their cars. Maybe we're worried about those who are homeless. We're worried about those who, let's say, they're they're stuck in their house and uh, they're not able to get medicines they need. Let's think about those who might be stuck in their homes and not and maybe their furnaces go out and they end up cold. Lord, we're worried about these people in these potential situations with this storm this weekend Lord, we're also concerned about people who will be on the roads and the highways and um, treacherous conditions Lord, we, we don't want to see anyone die unnecessarily and so Lord we ask that you would watch over our roads watch over our, our, our community here in Colorado with this big snow coming this weekend uh, Lord we pray that people would make wise decisions and Lord you'd protect us and that your hand would be on our state, especially on those who are most vulnerable. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
3: Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much, Pastor.
2: If if you're interested in more about what I was talking about, those five statements, they're called the five Mm -hmm. solas. Um, I did a series on this at our church. Again, so like I was telling the previous caller, you can go on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, and then go through the old sermon series and look for one called Five Solas. And I did okay. a sermon on each of those. There's even one on that idea of um, only by faith or by faith alone are we, uh, do we receive God's grace? So,
4: okay, cool.
2: All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Pastor. God bless you. All right. Bye bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary live. This is pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields community church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We have about two minutes until our break. We've got two open lines. Uh, we're going to go to our next caller here in just a minute, but before we do that, let me just give you the the numbers to call in, and we might have to get to him after the break. But here are the numbers to call uh, with your prayer requests, with your um, with your questions about the Bible. We've had some great ones today, and I'd love for um, to have more, you know, of those kinds of questions. But if there's anything that's really on your mind or on your heart, you know, something you've wondered about or worried about, or or you know, never understood about the Bible or just wanted some more insight or clarification on, give me a call. I'd love to talk to you. And if you have a prayer request, I'd love to uh, pray with everyone listening about those prayer requests you have. So the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. And you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, 720-336-0897. 0897 is the text line. So we're going to go to our next caller after the break um, because we've only got like less than one minute to go before the break. Um, Just a few words that I would tell you right now um, is that, oh yeah, here's something I want to share with you. Last night I watched a movie with my kids. It was on YouTube. It was free and it was about Ray Comfort. If you haven't heard of Ray Comfort, he is an evangelist and he's he is uh, an incredible person like the the things that he does it, it's so inspiring he he made this book or he made this movie about his life and about his ministry and some of the things he's been through called the fool and the reason he calls it that is because um people have made him uh out to be a fool but you know as 1 Corinthians says sometimes god uses the foolish things of this world to put to shame those who are wise and so god has used this man ray uh, even in spite of some you know, foibles and things like that in, a, in an incredible way, I would just really encourage you if you're looking for something good to watch with your family and with your kids, I watched it with my kids. They range from 13 to five and uh, they were so inspired by it. You know? and so they heard the gospel a bunch of times and they saw this man who's, who's really living out his faith and I just was like, I got to recommend this movie to other people. So it's free on YouTube. It's called The Fool with Ray Comfort. Go check it out. And we have come up to our mid-show break, so we're going to be right back in two minutes' time. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Welcome back to Calvary Live, Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897.
0: Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today answering your calls and texts live on the air. Go ahead and give me a call at 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. We're here to answer your questions about the Bible or pray for your prayer requests. So we'd love to hear from you. Let's go to our next caller, Justin in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Justin. Welcome to the program. Justin, are you there? Oh, Justin, I might have lost you. Okay, Justin. I do see just the note from Justin's call. Uh here's what it says. It says that Justin backslid but was saved about five years ago. His wife is messianic a Jewish. She's actually his ex-wife, and he has a messianic Jewish fiance. He needs God's wisdom. He lives in an R V but wants she wants to move in together. Any advice? Um so yeah, without talking to you, Justin, I'm just gonna kind of go off of what I see in the note here and And hopefully, um, I'll have some good advice for you. But here's my advice for you. I would advise you not to move in with your fiancé until you are married. And I would encourage you um, to really seek God's will about if this is the right person for you to marry. It's wonderful to hear that she's a believer As as a Messianic Jew. That means that she is a follower of Jesus and a believer in Jesus. And so that sounds really great. You know, that's in 2 Corinthians 6. We're really encouraged uh, that we should not be, well, we're commanded that we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers if we're believers. So that sounds like a good thing. That ticks one of the boxes for sure. But beyond that, right, there are a lot of Christians out there. It doesn't mean that we should marry all of them. And so we, we need to know from God if this is the right person. So I'd encourage you to be praying about that. But um, I would definitely encourage you, don't be moving in together until you're married. And the reason for that is because when you move in together with somebody, you're basically acting as if you are married, and yet you don't have the commitment of being married. You know, sometimes I'll have people say, you know, what what is marriage anyway? It's just a piece of paper that the government gives you that says that you're married. And I would push back against that, and I would say, that um, actually the legal ramifications, the nature of marriage as being both an institution designed by God and a legal institution, the legal part of it actually is what makes it more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, makes it more, oh, hmm, there's more closeness, there's more I don't want to say romance, there's another word I'm looking for, intimate, that's the word I'm looking for, the legal ramifications of marriage as an institution, legal institution, make it more intimate, and here's why, because what you're doing is you're saying, in every way possible, even legally, I am closing the door, and, and putting myself into this relationship, and saying, I'm closing the back door, And I'm not just going to say at some point that, oh, you know, um, this didn't work out. And so I'm going to go away. You know, what makes marriage unique is that it is perhaps the only example we have in our modern society of a covenant relationship. So the difference between a covenant relationship and a consumer relationship is that. So, for example, most of our relationships, especially here in our society, are consumer relationships. Like I have a relationship with my butcher. But it's a consumer relationship, like if I can start getting what he provides somewhere else at a better price, at higher quality, well, I'll probably go there instead, right? So the relationship depends on him giving me something and me wanting that thing and then giving him something to compensate him for that thing or to give him something in return. That's a consumer relationship. And a lot of people enter into marriage, they treat marriage as if it's a consumer relationship. As long as you give me what I want and I'm satisfied with the product then I, I'm, I'll continue coming here. But as soon as I feel like I can get a better deal somewhere else, then I'll go there, right? That's that's how a lot of people treat marriage. But marriage is designed by God to be a covenant relationship. And so a covenant relationship is a relationship where you say, I'm choosing you not because of what you can do for me. I'm choosing you for you yourself. And it's it's not contingent on you providing a better product than anybody else. It, it is me choosing to place my love upon you and choosing to uh, give my faithfulness to you and and the legal aspect of that makes it all the more intimate and I would even say all the more romantic I I have never found particularly um, in my in my case it's usually uh, tends to be the the man who doesn't want the legal part of the marriage but in some cases it's it's the woman in instances that I've dealt with But what I've found is that it usually ends up being one or the other. And the person uh, who says, you know, hey, we don't need to be married. We'll just be married before God in our hearts. Um, That person, you know, says that. But the other person kind of goes along with it. And then they tend to, you know, feel a little bit like there's a question mark in their mind. Why won't you go all the way with me? You know, are you waiting to see? Or am I, is this a constant audition? For if I'm really going to be good enough or, you know, will I get uglier or, or overweight with time, etc. Um, and so the the romantic, the truly intimate thing to do is to say, okay, I, I know that this is what God wants for me. He wants me to marry another believer. Uh, I've got the green light from the Holy Spirit as I've been praying about it and I'm going to do it. So uh, that would be my advice to you. I think you can do a lot of damage by essentially moving in together before you're married, because you're you're essentially living as if you are married when you're not. So I uh, hope that answers your question, and God bless you. I hope that uh, you were able to hear the answer here. Well, in the meantime, we've got all full lines, and so we're going to go ahead and just start going to some of our other callers. Let's go to Ryan in Parker, Colorado. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the program.
4: Hey, thanks, Pastor Nick. Sometimes I have trouble speaking, but hopefully you can dig out what I'm speaking about. They're stuttering, but I'm going to read Romans chapter 9. Where was I? Verse 4. Okay. Paul's talking about, I'll read part of it, who are Israelites, it says, to whom, and then pertain is in uh, italics. So we don't know, obviously, I don't know as far as getting the root of what the word really was, but they've got pertain in the New King James Version, and then he goes into. Several things of the Israelites: the the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and then it says, "and the promises." And I'm wondering: I've read in Isaiah that there are promises to the direct uh, descendants, meaning um, not so much like when Paul talks in Galatians chapter three about. Only those who are of faith are, of the, are children of Abraham, and those who are of the seed, that seed being Christ, who are Christians, who receive the promises, which is salvation. But I'm wondering, in the interim, for the Jewish people and the people of Israel that are secular to today, and with the remnant being saved what all that means to you? Are there promises outside of salvation where these Jews are going to be sustained ultimately to the end till the second coming of Christ? And when that when that battle of Armageddon, if it, if, that, if that possibly is what's going to happen, um, is it that a remnant? Um, we're just to say that a particular amount of Jews are going to come to Christ and receive Christ for salvation, and that's what. But just a percentage of them and um, so I'm getting at the promises Kevin talked about wondering if I was thinking about if God is done with Israel and that's what I'm getting at and the kind of like with the replacement theology to a degree and um, where he's at with promises outside of salvation I know they don't have salvation if they're if they haven't obviously um Confessed with their mouth and accepted Christ, um, right? Yeah.
2: So, so great, great questions. And Paul makes it clear in Romans chapter eleven. He actually asks the question: Is God finished with His covenant people, Israel? And he says, No. And and it's really a really interesting question um, because I get what you're saying about you know um, this this isn't so. On the one hand, it's called replacement theology, but a lot of people who don't like that term or who actually believe in replacement theologies, they don't call it replacement theology. They oftentimes will call it covenant theology. And in that, the big thing about covenant theology is this is one of the big differentiators with uh, covenant theology and what we call dispensational theology, which is to say that a covenant theology basically views the church as having uh, received or adopted or replaced Israel in God's um, eschatological picture and the promises as well. Now they would say they belong to the remnant, but that is only because the remnant believes in Jesus. And so to get to your question, you know, are there any promises that pertain to the ethnic people of the of the Israelites who do not believe in Jesus? And the answer to that is that of course they have these things that Paul mentions. He says, you know, you had all these privileges. Um you you know you got what does he say there? He says, to you belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law. Basically, you guys had all these things to help you. You know, you were, you were started out at a head start from everybody else. And he mentions the promises. Well, what are those promises? Well, promises um, refers to the promises of God through the ages. Are there any more that still per- pertain to them, is your question. And I think there are. I'll give you a few examples of things that pertain to them, most of them that I'm aware of and I can think of come at the ends of the prophetic books. The minor prophets contain some of these. For example, the book of Amos, if you look at the last chapters, uh, the book of Hosea, if you look at the last chapter, if you look at the last chapters of the book of Isaiah, there are a lot of promises and here's what's so interesting about them. I taught on the minor prophets that we did a class here at our church um, a few years ago and I taught on them And, you know, there's some really interesting things where it says that the people of Judah and the people of Israel will be reunited. Now, that happened. That did happen after the exile in Babylon. In fact, they were reunited in Babylon and then they were reunited when they returned from Babylon. But then it describes things that will happen in Israel during that time. And that describes things that have not yet happened. And so... I would say that there are still some promises, but the main thing is that God has not given up on them. He hasn't written them off. He's still pursuing them. They still have the testimony of the scriptures that belongs to them. And so, whereas I would say that, you know, Christians, as he describes there in Romans 11, we've been grafted into the original vine, which was the people of God who were the Jewish people. We have now been grafted into those people. Um, God has not yet done away with, um, the Jewish people as a nation. Now there, there, there will come a time where it will come down to what have you done with Jesus? This is something that a lot of people, uh, it's kind of a caricature sometimes that people make of dispensational theology where people believe that God hasn't done away with Israel, that there's still promises that pertain to Israel. Uh, and they'll say, well, then are you saying that there are two ways to be saved, a Jewish way and a Christian way? And we'd say, no, 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 no. We do not believe that. There's only one way to be saved, and that's through Jesus, and there has always only been one way to be saved, and that's by the grace of God through faith alone. But um, there are not two ways to be saved, there are one. So in the end, it will come down to the question of what will the individual do with the person of Jesus, whether they're Jew or Gentile? Um, But the point is that God still loves and cares about the ethnic nation of Israel, the descendants of Abraham.
4: Okay, and they'll somewhat be sustained. I mean, there's the promise that they'll be sustained in this interim. Um, you know, and um, when it says all it, all Israel will be saved, as Paul says, that still is. A, would you say that that is a remnant of people of Israel at the time of the second coming? and that accept Christ and then yeah. raise up again as a nation going into the millennial reign as a certain percentage of Jews
2: yeah. that great have question. just
4: accepted Christ and that's what all Paul is talking about when he says all of Israel will be saved like them as a nation but it's still a remnant of a percentage who have accepted the salvation
2: that's, fact, that's correct so, so I'll say it really clearly when Paul says all Israel will be saved he says that in line with other things he said in Romans where he says that not all Jews, not everyone who is a physical descendant of Abraham is a spiritual descendant of Abraham. To be a Jew really is to be a spiritual descendant of Abraham. So all those who are Jews, who are spiritual and physical descendants of Abraham will be saved. So that's what he's saying. So it doesn't mean that everybody who's descended from Abraham will be saved, but those who are descended from Abraham and who share in his faith, what really made the Jews Jews. Because that, that's actually what's really interesting about the Jewish people. You would ask this, are they a religious group or are they an ethnic group? And the answer is both. And, and so that's what's so interesting about the whole thing. And so what he's saying is, well, are Jews religious group or ethnic group? He's saying both. And that's why all those who are truly Jews, meaning both religiously and ethnically, meaning the religious part meaning uh not following judaism but following jesus right following abraham who was saved by faith because he believed the word of god um that they will be saved Does that make sense
4: okay yeah yeah that's that's how i thought it all went down but i wanted to just get it all totally clarified from from a scholar and
2: i appreciate it ryan hey and that's kind of you to call me a scholar. I, I'm not sure I deserve it, but I appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to have to let you go because we've got all op- uh, we got full lines and I want to get to some other callers. But thank you so much for the great question. You keep studying your Bible. That's good stuff that you're digging into right there. Let's go to our next caller, Richard in Federal Heights, Colorado. Hi, Richard. Welcome to the program. Richard. Okay, so uh, Richard, I might have lost him. But I see his question, and I'm going to answer it real quick and then go to our next caller. Um, We're moving through callers pretty quickly, so I just want to give you the numbers to call, by the way. 303-690-3000. We've got two open lines, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, text line 720-336-0897. Richard's question was, what are the kinds of good works that are evidence... Of being saved well there there are many I, I would say let's put this the the, the most clear one is going to be a heart of repentance a heart of repentance this is something we see throughout the Bible and um, and even John the Baptist he tells the Pharisees at one point he says you go and bear works in line with repentance and the idea is this that if you have a heart for God a heart that's really been transformed that you have truly been saved your heart will be inclined towards God. It will break when you sin and it will be humble before God. Remember what it says over and over in the Bible. I can think of it three times where it says this. There might be more, but I can only think of three where it says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so the person who has come to God, first of all, it's a prerequisite that we humble ourselves before God, that we be repentant and contrite over our sins, but also like this is an ongoing thing. It's not something you do once. And the heart that's prideful, that really clings to its own righteousness, is, is that's not the fruit of repentance. Rather, repentant a repentant heart is a penitent heart, is a soft heart. Uh, other fruits of repentance, I would just point you to. Um, I'd point you to Galatians chapter five, which talk about the fruit of the spirit in contrast with the fruit of the flesh. And so I'll just read that to you. The fruit of the Spirit is, right, fruit, what's fruit? It's the evidence of something, right? Something has happened, and this is the result of it. Fruit is the result of planting a seed. And so here's what happens. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of having the Spirit of God within you, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with passions and desires and they walk by the spirit which means to walk in step with the spirit Paul says there in Galatians chapter 5 so Richard I hope that you were able to hear that answer God bless you and thanks for holding for the time that you did let's go to our next caller Anthony and Falcon hi Anthony welcome to the program
1: hi Nick Uh, thank you so much for your ministry I appreciate all that you do listen to you all the time and learn so much
2: awesome hey where's Falcon is that in Colorado
1: yeah, it's uh, about ten fifteen minutes east of Colorado Springs.
2: Okay, I live way on the north end. I don't don't know uh, too much about that area, but glad to have you listening and calling in.
1: Yeah, man. Um, so you know, I've just had a really hard time over this whole thing that happened with uh, Rabbi Zacharias, and you know, it's probably been about I don't know eight nine years ago. I I was so. Um, you know, interested in apologetics. When I got saved, I was just, you know, really zealous to the Lord, telling people about Jesus. Went to uh, uh, Chuck Smith Bible College in California Mm -hmm. for apologetics and then got turned on to Ravi and learned so much. And, you know, I've just been grieving and just had a lot of heartache over what's happened. And, you know, he spoke so much about Jesus and the new birth and the sanctity of life. And I was just really wondering, you know, what your thoughts are as far as, you know, if he was like a, a false teacher or like a wolf in sheep's clothing, or if he was a believer who fell into sin, you know, I know a guy at, at his uh, magnitude gets attacked a lot more by, you know, the, the you know, demonic powers of this world and uh, temptation and whatnot. And, you know, that, that's uh, the first part of my question. The second part is, um, what did Jesus mean that we will know false teachers by their fruits? Mm. And how does that apply to Rabbi if he did so much for the kingdom of God? Uh, and then I'd like to uh, pray for uh, Rabbi's family, the whole RZIM ministry team, and all who um, were brought to Christ through Rabbi's ministry.
2: Yeah, no, really good stuff. And I'm really glad you called and talked about it. I haven't, I've had a lot of conversations with other pastors about it. But I I, we haven't talked about it on the show here, at least not not during my program. And I'm really glad that you brought it up. You know, I was just like everybody else out there, you know, very surprised, disturbed, just grieved when I read about uh, Ravi Zacharias and the things that came out about him. I've been happy to see, you know, it's a very large ministry and a lot of people who are really involved with it. I mean, these are people who were not at all involved in anything that he was doing. Um, and and they have just been so grieved and so repentant over it, and I've been I've been happy to see that. One of the guys who's involved in Ravi's ministry as one of his speakers is a man named Sam Albury. He's from England, and I've just been so blessed by Sam's ministry over the last couple of years. And and so um, yeah, I've just been praying for him. But you know, to answer your question, I think it's a really tough one. To me, here's my estimation of of what happened with Ravi, is that Ravi started out um, sincere in wanting to do something good for the Lord. And as he, you know, became more and more, I don't want to use the word powerful, but I mean, that's essentially what happened, is that he got this big organization, and with that came isolation. This is the danger that comes with, you know, a ministry that grows like his did is that he becomes more and more isolated and also begins to think that he can get away with more and more things. And so he lacked accountability. And the thing that really gets me is that Ravi clearly went out of his way to to do the things that he did, right? So he had burner phones. He had all kinds of things where it's not like this isn't somebody who stumbled into something. This is somebody who brazenly did these things and um, so, you know, I really, truly hope that Ravi was saved. Um, I don't know if he was. And, and thankfully, I'm not the one who has to make that determination ultimately. Um, but I do think that, you know, God, I like this phrase that I've heard many times. God can draw straight lines with crooked sticks. Now, we're all crooked sticks, but some sticks are more crooked than others. And it seems to me that God used Ravi Zacharias to draw some straight lines. And yet this man was was, I believe, a wolf in sheep's clothing, particularly towards the end of his life or maybe the latter half of his life, even that long. Uh, It's just so sad and so grievous. Um, As Christians, we need to deal with this. We need to address it. I think the right way to address it is just be completely open and honest about it. And make sure that we don't ever tolerate these kinds of things and turn a blind eye or or sweep them under the carpet. It cannot happen. Uh, We have a a witness and the enemy loves to do this. So here's, I guess my take on it would be this. I think that Ravi started out as a sincere person. It's really hard to know. Did he lose his salvation? Was he maybe never saved? Did he, you know, Hebrews six talks about this. He says, there are people out there who have tasted the goodness of the gospel the spirit, they've tasted it, meaning that they've they've had a bite and they've seen that it's good and yet they still are not believers. And to me, that's, that would probably be the case with Ravi. And I, I do agree with your point there from what Jesus said that you'll know false teachers by their actions. Um, you know, I think you can be a false teacher and not necessarily teach things that are false. So let's put it that way. He was a... In that way that I think that's my estimation of Ravi Zacharias that he He taught things that were true. He hired people who taught things that were true and Thankfully in spite of him God used that ministry Um, you know, he was one of Literally hundreds of people on staff who were going out and preaching the gospel And he only did like the big events and lent his name to things especially towards the end and so they had an army of people over at RZIM doing great gospel work. And I don't think that we should say, you know, as an organization, they, they were all complicit in what he did. Um, so um, I know those are a lot of thoughts, maybe disconnected, but that's kind of um, how I'm processing this RZIM stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely uh, heart wrenching. And, you know, I know one of the things, is that he spoke so much about truth, and I, sometimes I wonder if the whole idea about truth and knowledge became kind of an idol um, over Christ himself and, and his own heart. I don't know. Um, but I know I could see, like like you, I agree with what you said about the whole power trip maybe kind of got to him um, a little bit, and, and maybe he felt like he was God in the sense that he can get away with it. Um, I don't know. Um, but I also would like to pray uh, for his family, for the RZIM ministry, and everybody who was brought to Christ through uh, RZIM ministry, including Ravi himself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do that. Heavenly Father, we lift up to you the Zacharias family. Uh, Lord, we pray for them as these things have come out about Ravi after his death. Lord, we pray that you'd bring healing and restoration, but that it would also be a warning for any of them who um, perhaps think that they have gotten away with things or this would be a time when they would be drawn to a place of repentance. Uh, Lord, we pray for, most importantly, those who were hurt and victimized by Ravi. Lord, we pray that you would bring healing and in some way, Lord, we pray that they would be able, by your grace, by your spirit, to differentiate between the acts, uh, the wicked acts that this man committed and the truth of who Jesus is and the truth of the gospel. Lord, would you please... Lord, bring clarity and and do even a uh, saving work in their lives in spite of what has happened. Uh, Lord, we want to pray for those whose faith has been questioned. We want to pray for those who, um, who, perhaps the devil has gotten a foothold in their minds or in their lives because they say, well, "Look, here's here's this guy who was a big spokesman for Christianity, and look, he's he's no different than all the others." And so, Lord, we pray that you would, um, Lord not let the enemy use this, not let him get a foothold in this way and cause destruction. Lord, we also pray for those who continue to be involved with the ministries that are now spinning off, off of RZIM, who were who involved in it, doing great gospel work, doing apologetics and all of these things. So we pray that you would help them to continue, Lord, to provide the funding that they need to do this ministry. And Lord, provide the workers that they need. And we pray that this these ministries would go on and be uh, very fruitful in years to come. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you so much.
2: That brought us right to the end of our show. So I'm going to let you go. And hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online, WhitefieldsChurch.com. And we'd love to have you come visit sometime, either in person or online. Once again, WhitefieldsChurch.com. I'll be with you again next Friday. And you can tune into Calvary Live every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. God bless you. Stay safe this weekend.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.